Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise you that there's nothing that we can do to make you not love, love us and pursue us. Lord, we pray that we would be open to your love. We pray that we would be open to what you would have for each one of us here this morning. God, we want to invite you here. and We thank you for what you're going to do. In your holy name, amen. Thank you for singing this morning. You may be seated. Amen. Good to worship the Lord together today. I don't know about you, but uh, I want to give you something that I've been, well, I guess all morning I've been wrestling with this. Uh, but, you know, when things go wrong, like projectors or bigger things in life, my first reaction, my first tendency, I don't know if this is yours, but I'm just sharing mine, is to be frustrated. I get upset. And I think part of it is just because I want things to work, right? When I click on the website, I want it to be there in half a second. If it's not there in half a second, I'm like, what's wrong with our Wi-Fi? This is ridiculous, right? Because you get frustrated quickly. That's my first tendency. But where I have gone the full breadth of frustrated and upset and all the way to where I am now is this. That God is bigger than anything that we face. And losing a projector or two on a Sunday morning is pretty, pretty stinking tiny compared to who he is and what's really important in this life. Am I right? And I know that this is just a projector and I'm not that upset about it. But when things in life change, what is your tendency? What is your reaction? Do you say, God, thanks for the, the change in course today? Because I really had this plan and we're going this way apparently. Or are you kind of like me and you say, really, God, now, like today? Because how our reaction goes and what it really comes down to is the fact that God knows the turns in the road far better than we do. And so I believe, uh, this, is, this has happened before to us. We, we had once where somebody actually ran into a pole on Main Street uh, at like half an hour before our service started. We had already done, we were in the middle of our run-throughs, and then all of a sudden, sound system, lights, everything just went, just dropped out, and we did acoustic that morning. Sometimes God has a bigger plan, and I believe, because the projectors are down, or whatever the case is, that God wants to do something different than maybe I have planned, and I'm cool with that. Are you cool with that? So here we are. Uh, I want to just mention a challenge. Uh, Ryan already mentioned this in his announcements. Next week is Wanafest Sunday. So I want to put out a challenge to you. 
Wanafest uh, Sunday is one of those Sundays that is just very, very busy. And we, we actually have, have done this for the last three years. We've decided to, instead of having both services, we only have one service. We have the early service, 9 o'clock. So as he's joked already, you guys are already good. This is like your service. You do it. You got it, right? You're like, so what's the big deal, right? I'm already here at 9. So just kind of stick with that. But uh, the reason I bring this up is because next week with Wanafest, it's a huge opportunity that sometimes people miss. And, and this opportunity is a lot of you are going to go to the parade. You're going to hang out at Wanafest. You're going to do all that. What, how awesome would it be? How great of an opportunity is it for you guys to invite somebody that is not connected to God or any church anywhere in any way in this community and invite them to parade, but also invite them to show up with you at this crazy, weird church called Northridge in the Village Center. And then guess what? The parade's right there. So you can just kind of go like, boop, 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 and you're there. Afterwards, it'll be awesome. It'll be perfect. You can pack lunch and do what you want. It's a great opportunity to invite people into the mix. Join us. So my challenge is to you, come for that early service and then jump into the Wanafest parade and do all that. But then the second challenge is this. Wanafest week is a great opportunity for us to not only rub shoulders and bump into and connect with people that we don't normally know. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but God did not design you to hang out and watch TV. He didn't design you to just work every day. He didn't design you to do whatever else you like to do on a daily basis. He designed you to connect with people and show them the love of Christ. And Wanafest Week is a great opportunity to do that. And we may be putting out a, a last-minute charge because there's always last-minute things, volunteers that are needed for Wanafest, not for stuff that we do, but other civic organizations in our community. So when we do that, if you can jump in and serve and rub shoulders to people, uh, that would be great. And so uh, just kind of be thinking about that, praying about that as you go into this week of Wanafest. Um, so last week, we started a brand-new series called Two Ways to Live, uh, Proverbs. And so what we're doing is we're, we're talking about the book of Proverbs and we're using the wisdom from Proverbs. And what Proverbs does is Proverbs really, what it does more often than anything is it kind of gives you two pathways to live, right? It, it gives you this pathway that, that is the God's way. And, and then it gives you this pathway, which is a, what the world or a lot of other people choose, right? It kind of pits two, one or the other against the other. And so last week, what we talked about, for example, we talked about wisdom and we talked about foolishness, right? We talked about wisdom and we talked about foolishness. And we kind of talked about how Proverbs pits those two against each other and how we, our wisdom needs to be on the foundation of God and his Word. So we talked about that a lot last week. This week, we're getting into a topic that I think is very, very relevant, especially in our culture today. And you guys are going to see that it's relevant right away once we get into it. But it's also a couple of words. It's a couple of topics that we don't really talk about very often, I would say. You've, it, it's quite possible you've never even heard a sermon on these. Um, we're going to talk about something that Proverbs actually has 15 verses on, and it has a whole bunch of other verses that are related to these two words. So these two words, these two topics that we're going to talk about today is flattery. When was the last time you even heard that word? <laughs> and mockery. Flattery and mockery. And the Proverbs talks a lot about these two words. And so here's what I want to do. I want to unpack the, the two words, flattery and mockery. We're going to kind of talk about what those two things are. And then we're going to talk about what it means for our lives and what God says about that in Proverbs. Okay. So first of all, let's talk about flattery. 
All right, let me give you the definition. And I'm going to read maybe a little bit slower today because normally we'd have them in front of you and you can kind of follow along and be like, oh, that's cool, that's great. Uh, but obviously God had a different plan, so we're all good. So just listen to this definition of flattery. Flattery is excessive and insincere praise False praise, in other words. Insincere is the same way as false. Especially which is given to further one's own interests. That's flattery. Excessive or false praise given to further your own interests. That's flattery. In other words, flattery is over-encouraging or, or giving false statements so that, so that you can kind of get in good with somebody. Now, flattery, to be honest, you might be saying, well, why are we going to spend part of a Sunday talking about flattery is, is flattery doesn't seem like flattery is that big of a deal, right? Just kind of saying sweeten, sweeten nothings into people's ears. What's the big deal about that? Well, Proverbs has a lot to say about flattery. And I want to just share this. Proverbs 26, 28 says this, and I'll, I'll try to give you the references a little bit ahead of time if I can. Not, it's not always going to happen because I talk fast sometimes. I apologize. Proverbs 26, 28 says this, a lying tongue hates its victims, and flattering words cause ruin. Flattering words cause ruin. I want you to notice a couple of things. Did you, mention, did you hear what it said at first? It says a lying tongue or liars, in other words, hate their victims, hate the ones that they're lying to. But notice what was also put in that same verse, lying and flattery, because you know what? They're the same thing. You've maybe never thought of flattery as lying, but the Bible sees it that way. God sees it that way. That flattery is simply another, another version of being deceitful, of, of lying to somebody. Let me give you another example. Proverbs 9.25 says this about flattery. It says, to flatter friends is to lay a trap at their feet. Okay, now, I, I know that this is not an image that we're going to enjoy, but I want you to think about like a steel trap that somebody lays on the ground, you know, in the woods to, to capture an animal. You know what I'm talking about? The one that has the trigger mechanism and the things clamp shut, right? I want you to imagine that, that, they, that somebody sets that out for an animal so that when they trigger that, it clamps on their legs and basically smashes and crushes their leg and traps them there, Okay. Yeah, I know. It's not, it's not a nice thing to think about, right? But I'm just talking about, think about that kind of a trap. This is the kind of image that it's talking about with flattery, saying if you use flattery, this is what you're doing to your friends. You're laying a trap for their feet, for their life. You're lying to them in order to trap them. And it's something that we cannot do. So flattery, what is the, the basic theme here? Flattery is bad, Right? Flattery is bad, and it can be very destructive and dangerous. Now, just like we talked about last week, I don't know if you, were, if you were here last week, you heard this. If you weren't here last week, then you didn't hear this. That's okay, but let me just tell you what we talked about last week. Building wisdom. We talked about how we should build wisdom. We need to work at it. We need to study it. God's word is wise. You know, we need to get into it. It's difficult to do that, right? The reason is, why? Why is it difficult to study God's word? Why is it difficult to build wisdom now? The reason is because building wisdom is never urgent, right? How many of you woke up, like you wake up every day and your first thought is, I need to build wisdom right now. 
Like that's just your first thought, right? It's before getting the kids to school. It's before getting to work on time. Like you don't worry about work projects. You're like, nope, I am going to build wisdom because it's going to pay off in like 37 years. It's going to be awesome, right? It's never urgent. And so, so wisdom in the short term is so hard to build on as far as a foundation. But the great thing is in wisdom, if you do it, if you do it, it pays off huge in the long term, doesn't it? In the long term, it pays off huge. Well, flattery is just the opposite of that. In the short term, you know why people use flattery? To get in good with somebody like right now. Oh, you look so great in that. That is just, wow. I mean, you're the best person. You're, you're the best person I've ever met, like ever, right? Flattery gets in good with somebody in the short term, but in the long term, the truth is found out. They find out who you really are, and in the long term, it turns out badly. Not only for you, but for them, doesn't it? So it is opposite of wisdom, and it's something that we need to avoid. Now, Proverbs gives us some really good advice here. Proverbs 28, 23 says this. It says, in the end, or long term, people appreciate honest criticism far more than flattery. Isn't that true? Okay, we all know this is true. Let, let, let me give you a really personal example that some of you maybe have dealt with. Okay, let's go to the workplace. Okay, how many of you really, really love it when the person who does your review gives you lots and lots of flattery and two months later they kick you to the curb? How many of you enjoy that? Yeah, thank you. I love flattery. That's so great. How many of you would have rather gotten honest criticism so you could make a change? I think we know the answer, don't we? And this is what this is talking about. See, this is very, very practical stuff. Parents, this is, this is how you talk to your kids. Oh, now we're digging deep, aren't we? Parents, how do you talk to your kids? Do you give them genuine encouragement who, for who God made them to be and the great things and the things that they're good at? Or do you flatter them? Are you laying a trap at their feet, at your own children's feet? If you're flattering them, then you're setting the trap for your own children. You're setting them up for much worse in the long term. Yeah, they might feel a little bit better about themselves now, but down the road, then they're going to find out the truth. Hey, by the way, we've all seen those kids, right? They've been on American Idol. They're the parents that said, you guys are awesome. You can sing like nobody else. You're amazing. And then we see those, and you know what they do? American Idol makes millions off of those people because they come in there like, and the judges are going, oh, my goodness. What has just happened? Right? And somewhere along the way, people have flattered them and said, you are amazing. You should be a singer for the rest of your life. Well, that's not serving them well. That's setting them up for failure and embarrassment. And not only that, but you're lying to them. And not only that, you're taking them away from what God made them to be. It's probably the worst part of it. So flattery is one of those things where we lie to people in order to get into their good graces or make them feel good or make us feel good right? So the question you might have in your mind at this point, you might have a lot of questions like, what, were we, what is going on here? We're talking about flattery today. The other question you might have is, why are we talking about mockery as well? How do flattery and mockery, you know, where does this go? Well, let's talk about mockery for a minute, and then let's kind of put these two together, okay? 
What exactly is mockery? Let me give you a dictionary definition, a longer one, but a good one. To mock somebody is to copy someone or to copy a characteristic of someone in an amusing or we could say funny but unkind, cruel way that makes other people laugh. Or, and or I would say, I would probably put and or, to try to make someone or someone or something seem foolish or ridiculous. That's what mocking is. It's when you are making fun of somebody, mimicking them, copying them, in order to get somebody to laugh, and usually the point is not only to get them to laugh, but in order to make them look stupid. Right? That, that's what kind of mocking is. And let me just read a couple of Proverbs about this. Proverbs 21, 24 says, Mockers are proud and haughty. They act with boundless arrogance. Not a good thing. Let me just ask you this. How many of you love arrogant people? I mean, you find an arrogant person, you, they walk in the room and they say, I am God's gift to you. I am the most awesome thing that has hit the planet since, well, anything. Right? How many of you just flock to those people? You're just like, oh man, you are awesome. I doubt it. Right? Because arrogant, boundless, arrogant people, mockers, are not people that we like to be around. But why do we end up being around them? You know why? Because we're scared, we're worried about them, and we fear them making fun of us and mocking us. And so we laugh along. And so what uh, Proverbs is saying is they are arrogant. Listen to another proverb, Proverb 29.8 says this, Mockers can get a whole town agitated, (laughs) that's true, but the wise will calm anger. The wise will calm anger. So clearly from these two verses, we see that mocking people who tend to be mockers, what do they cause? They cause stress, they cause division, they cause, they cause fighting, they cause quarrels, right? That's what, that's what mockers do. And you guys, you guys know these kind of people. They're, they're in your workplace. Do not start saying names, right? You have some mockers in your workplace. Some of you have them in your family. Really don't say those, okay? Especially if they're here with you, okay? <laughs> Okay? Some of us, we have to deal with this. Some of our friends are this way, and it makes you uncomfortable every time, but you've never said something. Some of you are mockers. Some of you make fun of other people. Sometimes to their face, sometimes behind their back. Right? Mockers. Listen to what Proverbs says that we need to do with mockers. It's pretty strong. Listen to what it says. Proverbs 22.10. It says, throw out the mocker. And fighting goes to quarrels and insults will disappear. In other words, get rid of the problem. Okay, if you are a mocker, you need to be thrown out. <laughs> That's what it's saying. If you insult people, if you make fun of people in order to build yourself up, in order to put them down, then you need to be thrown out. We need to get rid of the problem. And the truth is, we know that this is a problem in our country, don't we? We know this. If you go to our schools, we know that bullying is at an all-time high. Talk to our police officers, they know. Talk to your school staff, they know. Because they see it. I will say this. I think our culture has kind of flip-flopped upside down because we preach more tolerance and yet we are the most intolerant that we've ever been. Am I right? I think we know that's true. 
bullying, mocking, making fun of people, putting them down, destroying them. Oh, by the way, we even have language for this on social media. Have you guys been on social media lately? <laughs> Anybody? Whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, it doesn't matter, okay? Wherever you're at, okay? Have you been on there? What do we know? We actually have come up with a whole vocabulary to describe people who mock other people on social media. You know what we call them, right? We call them trolls, right? All of you have heard it, right? And we, and, and we say that somebody who is being made fun of on social media, we, call, we, we say that they got trolled, you know why we do that? Just can I, can I paint this picture and kind of connect the dots here? You know why we say that they're trolled or why they are trolls? Because that helps us make, that helps us feel better about ourselves and our culture. Because if we say that there's a troll and, and that they got trolled, it, it, it's softer and it's easier. We can laugh about it. They got trolled. It, it's almost like we don't have to deal with the fact that they're being bullied right in front of us and we laughed at it. When our culture has to come up with verbiage to describe the mockery and the bullying that we do online, that's a pretty sad thing, isn't it? And so what Proverbs is saying is we got to get rid of flattery and mockery. Now, here's the question I have for you. What is the thread between flattery and mockery? Why in the world would we talk about flattery and mockery on the same day? Like, it doesn't seem to fit, right? If you, if you line them up, you're like, Flattery and mockery seem like two very different things, right? Two really different things. They are. But um, for those of you sports nuts out there, sorry, I try to stay away from the sports analogies too often. But for you guys who love sports and love talking about sports, you probably, if you're into sports, you've probably heard these two phrases before, okay? One, how many of you have heard this? The best defense is a good offense. How many of you have heard that? Anybody? How many of you heard that? Okay, a lot of you in here. More of you than I thought. That's really good. Okay, we got, uh, maybe I can use sportologies uh, more often. That's awesome. Good. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that. I, I love that. All right? So, so the, the best defense is a good offense. In other words, hammer them like crazy, and then they have no time to play defense, right? But then there's another phrase that, that is out there. It says, defense wins what? Championships. How many of you have heard that? Okay, a whole basically the same ones. Okay, I, I, get, I get the theme here, right? Okay, defense wins championships. Now, here's the thing. Those are two completely opposite spectrum things. They're totally different, right? One focuses on offense. One focuses on defense. But catch this. They're two completely different tactics, but they're both going for the same thing, aren't they? They're both going for a win. Okay, now, you know where I'm going with this, right? Flattery and mockery are two very completely different tactics, but they're both trying to achieve the exact same thing. You know what that is? To build the person up doing it selfishly in the eyes of those around them. You know what they're doing? Flattery is a completely different tactic from mockery, but they're both selfishly building that person up that's sharing those, that language. They're both trying to get in good with those around them, either by lifting somebody up so that they're like best friends or by shoving somebody in the mud so that they rise to the top. It's the same thing. And that's where Proverbs goes with this, is that it's actually the same thing, flattery and mockery. Now, I want to turn the corner just a bit because this has a lot of implications for your relationships, your children, 
your interactions with your parents, your interactions with your friends, your coworkers for sure. This is a big deal. But this has deeper implications. I want to take this one level deeper. I want to jump into the deeper end of the pool here. Because if we just talk about the relationships with the people around us on earth, that's one thing. But I want to go a little deeper. And to do that, I want to read a passage. Now, you're not going to have the words in front of you. And this is a little bit longer passage, so I'm going to read a little slower. But I want you to listen to these words. And to be honest... I think that when I read this passage, you're going to wonder in your mind or in your heart or both, why in the world are we reading this passage today? It doesn't, see, it doesn't seem to have anything to do with flattery or mockery. Okay? Let me read it to you, and then let's connect the dots. James 1, 22 through 25 says, Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law, he's talking about this, the perfect law, if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So again, your question might be, why in the world did you read that? It said nothing about flattery, and it said nothing about mockery. And your question might be, what does that have to do with anything? And I will say it has everything to do with what we just talked about. Everything. Because what this passage is talking about is the spiritual form of flattery and mockery toward God. It's the spiritual form of flattery and mockery toward God. What this is talking about is talking about when a follower of Christ says, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm a Christian, I, I, I believe in God. It's, it's when they do that, but their life does not look at all like what they say. You know what that is? That's flattery to God, right? It's, it's when a person shows up in church every now and then and tries to give homage to God, tries to give praise to God. They raise their hands in worship. Woo! Love Jesus. I love all that. Wish we had some screens, but I still love Jesus. It's okay, right? And they, and they worship God, and then the next day, they mock God by living completely opposite of what he says in his word. That's the ultimate mock, isn't it? Like, Jesus, I love you, I love you, I love you. Tomorrow I'm going to live and do what I want to do. That's just mocking God. That's just making fun of him and who he is. This is talking about spiritual flattery, spiritual mockery. In fact, this is to, you know, do all these things. But Proverbs, and, and there's some other passages that talk about this. Let me just read this. In fact, um, you know, we talk about this. Ryan mentioned this. Over on the table, we have Bibles. Do you know why we offer those for free? Because we know that God's word by far is the greatest thing in this life to live by. We believe that if you live according to this, you can't go wrong. There's no wrong in this because this is truly God's words. God breathed. Okay? And so this, I've said this before, this, the Bible, was not meant to like have in your home somewhere. Okay? 
I don't know how, different traditions here and what has been taught and all kind of stuff. Like, as long as you have the Bible in your home, it'll keep all the evil away. Mm, well, I hate to burst whoever told you that. But just having a Bible in your house is not getting it done. Okay? You need to get into it. You can't just put it on a shelf and know that it's there. Right? You've got to open it. You've got to dig into it. You've got to read it. And let me just read what Hebrews says about it because it's, it's kind of one of those things that, that is really important. Hebrews 4.12. We read this many times in Northridge. It's important to remember. It says, The Word of God, that's the Bible, the Word of God is alive and powerful. Let me just ask you that. Do you believe that these words are actually alive? Like I could just start reading. I see the words. They're right here. Right? I'm in Ezra now, 2 Samuel. Like there's all kinds of words in here. But uh, let me ask you this question. Are you a person that believes that these words are alive? That they can transform you? That they can transform other people? It's what God's word says. It's what God declares. That, this, that these words are alive. Listen to what else it says. It says, The word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Oh, how fun is that? Okay, what, what, what I'm saying is, in James, it, it talks about this mirror, right? You remember that he said this mirror? Listen to what he says in there. He says, for if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. You know what he's saying there? He's saying it's when you're confronted in, uh, on a Sunday morning, or if you're reading your, the, the word, reading your Bible, it's when you're confronted, this is like a mirror. Okay, if I were to hold this up. Okay? And you guys know I've done this actually before. Remember, you guys loved that when I brought the mirror, right, and showed it to you. Okay, this is like a mirror, and it shows you who you really are, right? And and so this mirror, it's saying it's like you look in the mirror, you see who you are, and then you ignore it or you forget it immediately, and you move on with the rest of your life. That's what it's talking about: spiritual flattery and mockery. Uh, I've used this example before, but it's kind of like you guys get you know all dressed up. Like you're getting ready to go to dinner with your family or f some good friends or something. Um, or, or you're getting ready to celebrate a reunion. We have some people celebrating reunion this weekend, right? And, you, and you, so you get all like dressed up and all ready to go, right? And you're ready to go out the door. You've been getting all this stuff. The kids are all ready. Whatever's, whoever's ready, you're all ready. And you decide to glance in the mirror right before you walk out the door. Because you're like, well, I've been doing a lot since I got my clothes on and all kind of stuff. And so I just need to check one more time. And you look, and you look in the mirror, and you see that when you see, look in the mirror, you see this huge green booger. And I, I'm not talking like little. I'm talking big that sticks to you, right? The kind that's like the Elmer's glue kind, but it's green, right? That, and it's just sitting there. I mean, it's huge. It's obvious. It's clear. Right? And you, and you look at that and you see in the mirror and you see this huge thing. And, and then and you look at it and you're like, wow, I really should do something about it. Like, that's, just, that's not good. And you're like, oh, well, anyway. And you walk out. <laughs> right? It's a silly example. It's ridiculous. That's exactly what James is talking about for your own life, though. We have a lot of followers of Jesus who claim to be followers of Jesus are looking into the mirror 
And God is showing them exactly who they are and who God wants them to become. But then they close it or they leave church on a Sunday and they forget about it and they just do what they want. See, with a booger, it's kind of funny. (laughs) With the word of God, it's not, is it? Because a booger is just embarrassing. Spiritual flattery and mockery of God is eternal. Eternity is at stake with that one. And so what we have to do is we've got to get rid of flattery and mockery in our lives. We, we need to live according to honesty and integrity. And really this message today is all about one thing, really. It's all about freedom. In fact, pretty much most of our messages are, really, if you think about it. It's all about freedom. It's all about freeing you from becoming or being the person that you think you need to be for everybody around you. Right? Why do you flatter people? Why do you mock people? The reason is because you want to look better in the eyes of the people around you. You're seeking their applause and their praise rather than God's. Flattery and mockery, really as it comes down to it, at its core, is just purely selfish. And so this this message is all about freedom. Freeing you from having to be somebody that you're not. Freeing other people from being lied to with the flattery and the mockery. Freedom from being bullied. How many of you want to see people be free from being bullied? Yeah? I would hope so. It makes my stomach sick when I hear about the things that are happening and people that commit suicide because they were bullied. And it's all because people want to feel better about themselves. It's because people are hurting inside. I know why they're doing it. You guys know why they're doing it. It's because they are little inside. They're trying to look big on the outside, but they're little on the inside. So whether we're talking about your family, your friends, it's all about freedom. So let me ask you a few questions. Parents. Parents in the room, how are you talking to your children? How are you talking to your children? What kind of language are you using? Are you using mocking? Are you making fun of them? Are you manipulating them and using them to get what you want? Are you being honest with them, genuinely? Are you building them up in who they really are? Are you serving them for the long term, not just the short term? Children in the room, teenagers in the room, I'm calling you out too. I don't care. (laughs) I'll call the babies too, but they're probably not going to listen too much. Right? I mean, hear, hear this. Kids, teenagers, how are you talking to your parents? How are you talking about your parents when they're not around? Hello. Because, by the way, God knows all of that. So it doesn't matter if your parents heard it or not. God hears everyone. Are you using flattery? Are you using mockery just to get in good with your friends? Let me ask you this. What if I pulled all of your social media accounts, everyone that you have, Twitter, Facebook, texting, oh, there it is, 
Snapchat? What if I pulled all of your, your stuff and we started scrolling them on the screens? I know we don't have screens. You get what I'm saying. Okay? What if we started scrolling them right here? How many of you would cringe and how many of you would be like, I'm totally good. I'm good. I haven't mocked anybody. I haven't made fun of anybody. I haven't pushed, haven't pushed hatred. Based on what I see on social media, I know this is a problem. It's partly why I stay off of it as often as I can. I use it for ministry and a few social things, but that's it. Because I see too much what I shouldn't see. Mocking, bullying. Let me just ask you this. Are you treating people as though they are valued in God's eyes? Are you treating people as though they are the greatest value in God's eyes? So I want to ask you one question, one more, and I want you to just wrestle with this. In terms of flattery, in terms of mockery, in terms of bullying, in terms of making fun of people, in terms of mocking God, are you going to be part of the solution or are you going to be part of the problem? You're in one of two camps this morning. Are you going to be part of the solution or are you going to be part of the problem? It's up to you and how you choose to use your language, your communication, both spiritually and also relationally with those around you. I encourage you, obviously, to be part of the solution. And let's make a change in how this world and how this culture operates. All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I know that this is not a topic that we talk about often or that we enjoy talking about. This is not one of those feel-good kind of sermons. But truly, God, as you see the world you know that we have some serious issues with this. How we talk to each other. How we communicate about each other. How we treat each other. We're not being honest. And we need to be. Because I know, God, ultimately you want to give us peace and joy in our life. But we can't do that if we're being somebody else other than who you've made us to be. We, we just, there's no way to achieve it. And so God, I pray that you'd help us as a church, as people of Northridge. God, that you would help us to start a wave in how we operate and how we do things. And when we come face to face with mockers, or face-to-face -face with flatterers, or when we see that there's deceit going on or something that's dishonest, help us, Lord, to call it out and help us more than anything to live according to your word. Help us not to look in the mirror and ignore it. 
but to live by it, to love it, and to learn from it. God, we need you. We need your love in this world. We need your love in our life. We need your love and your power in our relationships. Free us from ourselves and free us from the way that this world wants to beat people down. May we be different because you're different and because you're better. Make us better, not bitter. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.